Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. series called The Powerhouse. Would you say it with me? Oh man. The what? The Powerhouse. Now we're going to do this again. The Powerhouse. Oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. Awesome, awesome. I love it. It's about a church on fire. We see in the book of Acts where uh, the church is on fire because of the fire that has been poured out on them, the Holy Spirit. And so this series is a series about the Holy Spirit and how He has come to empower us. And last week we looked at how the Holy Spirit is God. He is a person. He, that means that we can have a relationship with Him. We can know Him. He can understand us. He can speak to us, lead us, and guide us. Next week, my dad Larry is preaching. He's going to bring an amazing message on the Holy Spirit. Looking forward to that. Now, here's the interesting thing about the Holy Spirit, though. Many of us know about Him. We sing songs to Him. Uh, we worship Him. We invite Him around our lives, maybe when we're feeling anxious and stress, but I think that there's more of the Holy Spirit that we can experience and know. I think that maybe we're living in maybe down here, but we could be living up here when it comes to the Holy Spirit and His power in our lives for our day-to-day life. And so that's what this series is about, trying to understand Him more. And I said last week, I gave the example that maybe we're living our lives like a spiritual Toyota Prius. Last week, someone asked me, what's a Toyota Prius? And it's, it's a hybrid car, one of the first hybrid cars that came out back in the early 2000s. And it's a wimpy car, okay? <laughs> I hope no one's got a Toyota Prius. It's, but with the Holy Spirit, we could be living our lives like a spiritual Ferrari. Come on, anyone like Ferraris? What is it about the Ferrari? It's the power. It can go fast. You know, when you need to overtake a truck, you can do it. You know, if you want to go 200 on the freeway, you can't do that, but you could if you wanted to, right? We can be like a spiritual Ferrari inside us. And, and, and I think the issue is that sometimes we don't know about that and we haven't tapped into him. So our aim for this series is to help us to help you, to help our church community to really understand the Holy Spirit and who He is and what He does in our lives. My message today is titled, Holy Spirit Infilling. Let's pray right now. Uh, Let's pray right now. If we could do that, that would be fantastic. Heavenly Father, we just thank You this morning. We've experienced your presence, Holy Spirit. I pray right now you anoint these words that I'm about to say. Your scripture, your word, God, not mine, your word, Holy Spirit. We thank you for that right now in Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said? Amen. Hey, if we could just turn me down just a little bit, that would be great. Thank you very much. We're going to turn this morning to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts records, uh, records the early church. And the, hap- the happenings that happened there, it's written by a man called Luke. You might know him. He also wrote the Gospel of Luke. And so it opens up in chapter 1, verse 8. And these are the final words, some of the final words before Jesus ascends to heaven. He's already died. He's already been buried. He's already been resurrected. He's now in transformed, glorious body. And he says this, Acts 1, 8. But you will receive what? You will receive what? Power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. 
That's what Jesus promises. He ascends to heaven. He leaves. The, the disciples go and they pray in Jerusalem. They're in a place called the upper room. And then we see Acts 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them, rested on each of them. And they were all filled with... The Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the spirits gave them utterance. As the disciples are together seeking God, waiting upon that which Jesus promised them, the Holy Spirit comes in power, in fire, uh, in, in might, like a mighty wing and comes upon them. Today I want to let you know the same Holy Spirit is in you. The same Holy Spirit that was upon them has come upon us. And today we are seeking God as well. How I pray that the Holy Spirit would manifest in our lives like He did in the disciples. See, the Holy Spirit coming wasn't an afterthought after the ascension of Jesus Christ. It wasn't God the Father and God the Son in heaven going, Oh no, what do we do now? They knew that the Holy Spirit was coming. He was always part of the plan for the Holy Spirit to come on our lives. See, the Holy Spirit coming was the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies that God had made. Joel chapter 2, verse 28, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit. I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Anyone dreaming dreams these days? I dream a lot of dreams these days. Your young men will see visions. And all your manservants and manservants, I will pour out my Spirit in these days. The Holy Spirit is going to be poured out, the Bible says. The Holy Spirit was always going to come. He was always part of God's plan. So the day of Pentecost was the fulfillment of that plan. The Holy Spirit arrives and He infills, He indwells, He empowers the disciples. And it should be noted that this is not the first time that the Holy Spirit comes upon people in the Bible. Throughout the Old Testament, even in the New Testament before Jesus born, we see that the Holy Spirit is poured out. But the Holy Spirit in times prior would come upon specific chosen people for a specific chosen task for a specific amount of time. And then He would leave them and depart from them. But this time, the Holy Spirit doesn't just come upon them for a specific task, time, or specific people. He comes upon them and He dwells them for, for eternity, for the continuing task of the mission of Jesus Christ on earth. It's the same in feeling we experience to the point of our salvation. Let me share again another passage from last week, Ephesians 1.13. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your what? Salvation. When you were saved, the scripture said this, when you believed, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. He's in you. You've been marked with Him. He, he came upon you uh, uh, as a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. When we believed, we received the Holy Spirit at the same time, at the very moment, He was deposited inside of us. So we received the Holy Spirit as did the disciples. And then we can experience continual, ongoing renewals of the Holy Spirit's power in our lives. Who needs the continual, ongoing, renewing, infilling power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. I think we do today.
See, we receive the Holy Spirit once, but we can receive his infillings many times. Acts 4, 8 says this, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people. Note that this is Acts 4, right? Is that right? Acts 4, yes. Acts 4, this is after Pentecost. Pentecost is back in Acts 2. This is after Pentecost, when Peter had received the power of the Holy Spirit then as well, and had preached a gospel message, seen 3,000 men saved, give their life to Jesus that day. It's after that. It's after Acts 3, which tells the story of Peter and John going up to the temple to pray. A man asked them for arms, for money. What do they say? Peter says, silver and gold have I none. What I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And this man rises up and walks. He's healed. Acts 3. It's after that. It's Acts 4. Now, I don't know the exact chronology, but it could be days later. It could even be weeks later. I, we don't know 100%, but it was after the Holy Spirit came and filled them. And then we see here again, it says, He filled him. We can have multiple ongoing infillings of the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel. After verse 8, he goes and he's part of a prayer meeting, just like the prayer meeting we're going to have on Wednesday night here at 7.30 here at church. Everyone's invited. He's part of a prayer meeting where other believers are praying. Look what it says in verse 31 of chapter 4. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. There's some people here this morning. Your lives need to be shaken by the power of the Holy Spirit. Your lives need to be shaken out of the slumber, out of the, come on, Holy Spirit, come upon my life, awaken me. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke the Word of God boldly. Again, filled with the Holy Spirit to speak the Word of God. In another occasion in the book of Acts, Paul and Barnabas, they're in Cyprus and they're preaching the gospel. Acts 13 verse 6, and they traveled and there they met a Jewish sorcerer who was an attendant of the pro-council. And uh, he was an intelligent man. He sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the gospel message. Calls them together to them. But the sorcerer opposed them and tried to turn the pro-council from the faith. Then Saul, who is now called Paul, what was he? Filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked at him and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. He goes on to say to him, Today you're going to be blinded. And that's what happens to him. He goes out and he's blind from that point on. It's like, whoa. Okay, I'm not talking about that this morning necessarily, going around blinding people with the Holy Spirit power. But it's full on. But again, what are they doing? They're going to preach the gospel, boldly preach the gospel. The Holy Spirit comes upon them, fills them for that moment. The the Scriptures show a pattern of ongoing infilling of the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe what was true then is still true today. Does anyone believe it? Does anyone want to give me an amen this morning? Can I encourage you this morning? Connect your spirit with the Spirit of God you you feel here. And if you believe in something, say amen. If you believe in something, say, preach it, Pastor. If you don't believe in something, send a message to Pastor Miles or something later in the week. He'll fix you up. See, God has called us to bring change and transformation to our city. 
to the people around us, to our workplaces, to our families and friends, in our schools, through the power of the gospel message. But we can't do that in our own strength. We can't do that in our own abilities. We can't do that in our own might. We need the continued infilling of the power of the Holy Spirit to help us to accomplish, accomplish this. And this is an ongoing infilling that we can experience again and again in our lives as the Scriptures showed the disciples experiencing in their own lives. And that's why we say things like, Holy Spirit, I need more of you. That's why we sing, sing songs like, we need a fresh wind. That's why we say, Holy Spirit, I need your anointing upon my life anew afresh. That's why we say things like, Holy Spirit, come into me in power anew afresh in my life. Just like we see for the disciples, he, we want to be fully filled, freshly filled with the Holy Spirit. What is the infilling of the Holy Spirit? The infilling of the Holy Spirit is when a believer receives extraordinary spiritual power for Christ-exalting ministry. When a believer receives extraordinary power, spiritual power, for Christ-exalting ministry. That's what the power of the Holy Spirit is about, to bring the ministry of Jesus Christ to the world. And, and the word there used by John Piper is ministry. And oftentimes when you say the word ministry, that's when people really start to tap out and, 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 and close their ears and close their eyes. They're like, oh, ministry, like I'm going to have to become a pastor. I'm going to have to leave my job. I'm going to have to go full-time ministry, all these kinds of things. So today, instead of using the word ministry, how about we just use the word mission? Because we're all called to mission. I mean, we're all called to ministry, whether we're up here or in the workplace. But we're all called to mission, right? The mission to bring Jesus Christ to the world. The Holy Spirit infills us for Christ's exalting mission. He empowers us for the mission. So today, let me share with you two quick thoughts this morning on how the Holy Spirit empowers us for mission today. Number one, if you're taking notes, the infilling of the Holy Spirit gives us boldness for mission. Turn to post to next and say, boldness for mission. Our mission is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Our mission in life, should you choose to accept it. And as a believer of Jesus Christ, you have chosen to accept it. I'm afraid to say you can't walk away like a, a, a Mission Impossible agent. You've chosen this mission as a believer in Jesus Christ. Yeah, is to tell people the good news of Jesus, His arrival, His life that He lived, His death. His burial, His resurrection, hallelujah. His resurrection, His, his ascension, His salvation, that's our mission. When Peter preaches the, 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 the gospel of Jesus Christ in Acts 2 to the crowds of people there at the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes in power and might like a mighty rushing wind. When he's preaching to those people there, we need to realize something today. He wasn't preaching to another bunch of believers he wasn't in a church service preaching to another bunch of Christians. He was in a place where it is quite likely that he was talking to the same people who weeks earlier had cried out, crucify him, crucify him about Jesus Christ. This is a hostile crowd. It's quite possible that he was preaching to a crowd of people who amongst those people were the same religious leaders that had conspired together to murder Jesus. This is a hostile crowd. It required boldness on the behalf of Peter. And he had the boldness, not because of his own boldness, but because of the boldness, because of the infilling of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit inside of him. And there's a boldness that we need for the mission today. And it's a boldness, not of our own, but a boldness having been filled with the Holy Spirit. 
the keys could come. Many of us this week will walk into environments that are hostile to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it can be easy to shrink back, to not speak about what we believe, to not, up, to not talk about our values, to not talk about how Jesus is the answer, He is the way. But when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, when we say, Holy Spirit, fill me, bring your boldness upon my life, we will find the right words to say at the right time, in the right ways, to point people to a Jesus that came and died for them, that if they don't know Him, they're going to spend an eternity in a place called hell, separated from God. And when our faith uh, what our faith means to us and we can tell them how Jesus has done in our lives that He came and He died for them. So this week, in your business, if you've got a business, in your workplace, in your schools, in your universities, in your, in your, in your home, amongst your friends and families, ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, give me boldness for the mission. Holy Spirit, give me boldness for your mission. I want to be about your work, God. This is what Jesus said. I want to be about the work of the Father. I want to be about your work, God. I want to be about your work, Jesus. Holy Spirit, empower me to be bold, to tell people about Jesus Christ. That's number one. Number two is the infilling of the Holy Spirit gives us a burden for mission. The infilling of the Holy Spirit gives us a burden for mission. What's the mission? To tell people about Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit, when He fills us, He gives us a burden to tell people about Jesus. Somewhere along the way, I think that a lot of us can lose sight of the mission. And I'm looking in the mirror today, I'm, I'm speaking to myself this morning. A lot of us can sometimes lose sight of the mission. We start to think that our mission in life is to get married, to own a house. We start to think that the mission in life is to do well in our career and be successful. We start to think that our mission in life is to be famous or well-known or, you know, have a great reputation, to want for nothing, to have everything, to have no desire, you know, unmet. Well, in the Bible, there's a man, he's called Saul, renamed to Paul. And he was a man who with inside his context, he had it all. With inside his context, not our context, but his context, he had it all. He'd done it all. He'd been it. He'd made it. He was the man. He, he says this uh, about himself. He says that he was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was a, a, a Pharisee zealous. He said he was faultless before the law. This is what Paul says. He, he, he made it. He did, had it all. He was there. He, he did that. But look what he says in Philippians 3, 7. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I might gain Christ. So Paul says, and look, I'm not here today saying don't do your best in life. I'm not here today to say, come on, let's, let's not you know, be pillars of society. Let's not contribute. Let's not do well in life. I'm not saying that at all. But, but I, I do want to say this. God's biggest concern for your life, for my life, is not, I'm afraid to say, is not that you would have a nice house. His biggest concern for your life is not that you would be successful in your career, is not that you would have a bank account full of money. His biggest concern for your life is that you would know Jesus Christ. That you would know Jesus. That's God's biggest concern. And then us knowing that now, that our biggest concern would be a burden 
for the mission of Jesus to tell others. That's God's concern. We receive Jesus. Then His concern is that we would take Jesus to the world around us to have a burden for the mission. See, the Holy Spirit wants to empower us for mission by giving us a burden for those who don't yet know Jesus. And we all know people like that. We've all got friends and family like that. We've all got colleagues at work. We've all got people at our schools like that. We all know people that don't know Jesus Christ and and the Holy Spirit is empowering us. He infills us to carry that burden of the mission of Jesus. And I believe today, if you and I, if, if we, if Elevation is going to see Melbourne 1 for Jesus, come on, that's why we're here. We're here to see Melbourne 1 for Jesus. We're here to see people's lives change, give their life to Christ, baptized, discipled, grow in their faith. If, if we want to see Melbourne 1 for Jesus, we're going to need a supernatural burden placed in our hearts. Supernatural burden placed in our hearts. We're going to need an urgency for our friends and our family and our loved ones our colleagues and people we meet to know Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is infilling us to walk into the places that we go, to walk into our workplaces, to walk into our homes, to walk into our families and to, to, to mix with our friends, to go into our school grounds, to be wherever we might be and for us to go into those places and to tell people, to, to have a sense of urgency, a sense that we've been sent to be a light to reflect Jesus, to point people to Him. That's what the Holy Spirit is infilling us for. And today I would pray that that our prayer would be, infill me, Holy Spirit, for Your mission. Give me boldness like Peter. Give me a burden like Paul. Today in this place, I thank You for that Holy Spirit this morning. We just thank You. If you close your eyes today, right now, I just thank You.